2 Chronicles chapter 32. Uh, read with me in verse 1. And the Bible says, After these things and the establishment thereof, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and entered into Judah and encamped against the cities and thought to win them uh, for himself. You can be seated this morning. Heavenly Father, we come to you today. We uh, thank you for this wonderful day that you've given us, a good Lord today. I ask now that you'd guard our mind and our thoughts. I pray that you'd give us clarity of thinking, uh, but also clarity of speaking today. I ask that you would help the one here that might have a need. There may be people here that need some instruction, uh, some direction. Lord, maybe they need some encouragement, or maybe it is correction that is needed. Most of all, there may be somebody here that is lost, that needs to get saved, and I pray they'd trust you today. Maybe a young one's coming to the age of accountability, that, Lord, you have spoke to their heart and are still speaking to their heart. I pray you'd let them move today. And I pray you'd move in this service. Help us preach now for just a little while. Uh, give us an unction from the Holy One. And touch and know us afresh from heaven. And save that sinner's nearest tale. And we ask all these things in the name of Jesus. Uh, amen and amen. I want to encourage you today, if you have never trusted the Lord uh, to save you, I want you to know He loves you and died for you. And, and He died for me so that I could be saved. The Bible tells us, uh, over there in the book of Luke that they took him to a place called Calvary uh, and they hung him up, the Bible said, between two malefactors. Uh, and the apostle Paul tells us that while we were yet sinners, uh, uh, that Christ died for us. And so, uh, you know, he didn't die for good people. Uh, uh, he died for sinners. Uh, and I'm thankful for that today. I mean, uh, what did he say over there? Those that are whole need not a physician, uh, uh, but those that are sick. And so those that are righteous... Uh, I don't need the Lord Jesus Christ, if you let me say it that way, but those that are unrighteous, and that was every one of us, uh, and all of mankind, and thank God uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ. As we look in the text today, uh, uh, he said, And after these things, uh, and the establishment thereof, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came, uh, and entered into Judah, and encamped against the fit cities, and thought to win them uh, for himself. Now, as we look at that passage of Scripture, you need to pay attention to the very first part uh, and said, after these things and the establishment thereof. What has happened right here uh, is King Hezekiah, we're going to go back and look at this, but King Hezekiah uh, has took over just a few chapters prior to this, uh, and he has set some things in order, uh, uh, and the enemy uh, shows up. Can I tell you today that just in the long and the short of it, uh, uh, when you set some things in order uh, in your life and in your home, and we set things in order uh, uh, in this church, uh, uh, don't be surprised that, uh, when the enemy shows up. A lot of people think that they're going to sell out to God and uh, everything's going to go smooth. I'm going to be honest with you, when you sell yourself out to the Lord uh, and you sell your home out to God and you find a church uh, uh, that is sold out to God, there's always going to be an enemy uh, uh, there to fight. Take your Bible and go back to uh, chapter 29. Uh, flip back just a few chapters into 29. Uh, and I want to look at some things this morning. Uh, that It said, now after these things and the establishment... Thereof. I want to look about these things uh, uh, and the establishment thereof. What had, what had happened to Israel uh, uh, and to Judah 
uh, you have to understand that after King Solomon, there was a, uh, a split tribes and split kingdoms. Uh, uh, Israel never had another good king after that. Uh, Judah had good kings and bad kings. Uh, uh, and so in verse 29, you find that uh, King Hezekiah has begun to reign uh, in verse 1. And the Bible says right here, he's 25 years old. Uh, he was 5 and 20 years old. And he reigned 9 and 20 years in Jerusalem. Uh, and his mother's name was Abjah, uh, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did that, which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that David his father had done. Can I say that's a good testimony uh, uh, and that to have. Uh, David loved God. I know David messed up a handful of times. I, I understand that. But David, David never forsook God. Uh, David never left God. Uh, listen, he tried to serve God to the uh, best of his heart. I mean, he had a, a heart that was after God. Uh, and what I want us to understand is, uh, as I read this, and as Hezekiah is setting things in order, the enemy does not always show up uh, when you first set out to set things in order. Uh, I mean, the way we preach it sometimes, and I'll be honest with you, church, the way we, uh, us preachers, we, uh, we, we'll, have, we'll have you messed up if we ain't careful. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, and, and what I want you to understand this morning is simply don't, don't be surprised when you want to do right and the enemy shows up. Or don't be surprised when you have done right and the enemy shows up. Now, we're going to see tonight with God being our helper uh, what happens even after that. But I want to look at what needed to be set in order. Uh, number one this morning, if we look in chapter 29, uh, there is some restoration that takes place. Uh, look with me right here in verse 3 uh, of chapter 29. Uh, he in the first year of his reign, in the first month, opened the doors of the house of the Lord uh, uh, and repaired them. And he brought in the priests and the Levites and gathered them together uh, uh, in the east street. Uh, so what is the first thing that King Hezekiah done uh, uh, is he opened the sanctuary. Uh, do you realize that the king prior to him, uh, uh, his dad, they had shut up the house of God. They had polluted the house of God. They had brought idol worship uh, uh, into the house of God. So uh, all this time it had been closed up. The priests uh, hadn't been there. The Levites hadn't been there. They weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing. I can ask you this morning that uh, how important is uh, the house of God to you today? And I'm going to use that as a church. I understand we're the house of God. I understand we're the temple uh, and the tabernacle of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and I'm going to deal with that here in a minute. Uh, but how important uh, uh, is the church? How important is this church house? If we shut it up today uh, uh, and never had church again, uh, could you live without it? I can't live without church. I love church. Amen. Uh, somebody help me out today, okay? Uh, uh, listen, you may be tired of the rain, uh, uh, but don't be tired of the preaching. Amen. Uh, uh, listen, uh, uh, they opened the house of God. Uh, and as you read on down through here, notice what it said in verse 5. He brings the priests and the Levites in uh, and said unto them, Hear me, ye Levites, sanctify now yourselves uh, and sanctify the house of the Lord God of your fathers uh, and carry forth the filthiness uh, out of the holy place. He said, For our fathers have trespassed uh, and done that which was evil in the eyes of the Lord uh, our God and have forsaken him and have turned away their faces uh, from the habitation of the Lord and turned uh, their backs. And they have shut up the doors uh, of the porch and put out the lamps and have not burned incense uh, nor offered burnt offerings in the holy place uh, unto the God of Israel. Uh, uh, listen, you know what they've done? They just forsook uh, everything that they're supposed to be doing. Uh, 
and adding the service of God. I, I mean, they'd shut the doors. I, I, before they shut the doors, they let filthiness come in. I, I, they let nastiness come in. I, I, they had polluted the house of God. I, I, and I mean, the, the church, I, I, a lot of churches, I won't say a lot, some churches I, I today does not even, does not even, how can I say this, I, I resemble church when you go in. Amen. Church printed on the sign. Uh, uh, they, they may call themselves a church, uh, uh, but when you go in, there's so much world in there. Uh, uh, worldly music, worldly dress, worldly thinking. Uh, uh, you've got a so-called preacher that's trying to be a psychiatrist uh, and a psychologist uh, uh, more than he's trying to be a preacher. Uh, uh, and listen, what you need and what I need uh, is preaching and that from the Word of God. Amen. It's been polluted. And so what has happened is it's just got filthy. And so what he does is he goes in and he is restoring worship and praise. You go on and you come on down later on. As he, as he carried everything out, do you realize as you look at this, uh, that, that those priests and those Levites, and you can read this, I, I'm not going to go there now, but uh, you know they, they worked eight days in the house of God to get it clean. How much filthiness you reckon was in the house of God that it took eight days for priests and Levites. I mean, listen, you're talking about a whole tribe of people that's coming in there and cleaning this house. Took them eight days to clean the house of God out and then it took them another eight over there at the porch and outside. It took them 16 days to get the house of God ready to worship in. How much filthiness you reckon was in there? They began to clean it out they begin to repair what needed to be repaired. Can I tell you that I hate filthiness and dirtiness? But I really hate filthy and dirtiness when it comes to my life in Christ. I don't like having the world around. I don't like having sin in my life. And I don't like to be polluted. Uh, uh, listen, and, and you know what happens as, as they were, you know what Hezekiah said right here? He said, our fathers have trespassed and done that which was evil uh, in the eyes of the Lord our God and forsaken Him and turned away their faces from the habitation of the Lord and turned their backs. You know, the very first thing that will happen to people when they're uh, not right with God's church uh, is not on their mind. Uh, you ever notice when before, I, I love what Brother Langston said one time, you ever notice how before people quit God and quit church, they start missing. Uh, you know, they just start missing. Now, uh, they used to sit up front, now they're sitting in the back, uh, uh, and then they'll miss a Sunday here and a Sunday there, and before you turn around, they're out of church. Why? It don't mean anything to them anymore. Just don't mean anything. You know what happened in the house of God? I began not to mean anything to them. I, and so it became filthy and polluted. I, I, it was dirty and they just shut the doors up on it. Why? They didn't need to be there. They had everything else to do I, uh, but that. I'm telling you churches today are closing all over the United States of America uh, because people just don't care no more about church. They don't care about fellowship. Uh, they don't care about fellowshipping around the Lord Jesus Christ uh, uh, with the people of God. And so there was a restoration of the house of God. They sanctified the house of God. If you come and look in verse 24, is it, I believe it's in verse 24. Uh, they sanctified the house of God and the priests killed them, talking about the sacrifices, and they made reconciliation with their blood upon the altar to make an atonement for all Israel. For the king commanded that the burnt offering and the sin offering uh, should be made uh, uh, for all Israel. And, and, and they sanctify you going down through here, uh, and he sets everything in order. He gets everything in order the way it needs to be, and he sanctifies the house of God. And in all that, you know what he does? He, uh, they, they begin to restore not only the house of God, but, but then they restore worship 
and praise. So God hadn't been worshipped and praised like he should have been. I'll guarantee you when you get away from the house of God, you'll get away from worship and praise. You say, well, I can do it at home. Yeah, but will you? See, that's, that's, that's the question. Will you? And by the way, just because you would does not mean that you shouldn't come to church, by the way. I mean, he, he, he died for the church. Wouldn't to God that every one of us would get that? What did he say? Husbands, love your wives. He's in Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. He loved the church enough to die for the church. I'm part of the church. When I got saved, I got made part of the church. But look in verse 27. I'm still in chapter 29, looking at verse 27. And Hezekiah commanded to offer a burnt offering upon the altar. And when the burnt offering began, the song of the Lord began also with the trumpets and with the instruments ordained by David, king of Israel. And all the congregation, what? Worshipped. Well, when they got over there to the house of God and they began to do what God said to do with them burnt offerings, uh, they, they began to get back into law and to obey the commandment of God. Uh, uh, you know, the, the, the burnt offering that they were supposed to have in the morning and the evening was gone. Uh, if you needed to come and, and have a burnt offering for a sin sacrifice, it was gone. I mean, they weren't doing none of this stuff. Imagine how people that are backslid on the Lord. Now, I'm talking about safe folk, Okay. Uh, imagine, imagine those folk that, that are not right with God and they don't come to church. They're not doing anything they're supposed to be doing. You know it's right for you to sing? I mean, go over and look in the book of Hebrews. It's right for us to praise, right, to give the sacrifice of our lips, even our praise, you know? So what has He done? He has restored the house of God. I'm being real... Real quick right here. I mean, they went in and cleaned all of it and got it ready to go. Uh, uh, but it said in verse 28, all the congregation worshiped and the singer sang and the trumpeter sounded. Uh, and, and all this continued until the burnt offering was finished. And when they had made an end of offering, the king and all that were present with him bowed themselves and what? Worshiped. Moreover, Hezekiah, the king, and the princes commanded the Levites to sing what? Praise unto the Lord with the words of David and of Asaph the seer. And they sang praises with gladness, and they bowed their heads and what? Worshipped. Worshipped. Three times uh, uh, he talks about worship in three verses, uh, and in two times in one verse he talked about praising the Lord. Now notice they... They went back and they got the songs of David and of Asaph. They got psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, didn't they? They backed up and they got what they knew was right to sing. They backed up and they got words that they knew was going to be right to praise the Lord. Uh, uh, and they sung. They got the trumpeters out there. They got them boys to dust that stuff off. Uh, uh, and they went out and they praised and they worshipped the Lord. There was a restoration of the house of God. But now there is a restoration of worship and of praise. You know what we're missing in Baptist churches? I, I, not everybody has forsook the house of God. But we have kind of forsook worship and praise along the way. We come in, we sit down, uh, uh, we sing out of the hymnal, uh, and we really just sing the words. We don't think about the words. We, uh, uh, we just sing them to sing them. Uh, if we're not careful, they don't, they don't do anything for us uh, uh, because we're not paying attention to them if we ain't careful. Uh, uh, and we just come in and we never praise uh, and we never worship. 
And by the way, they are separate. Y'all know that. I've taught on that and preached on that. Worship is a place that comes from the heart. It's an adoration for the Lord. I mean, uh, it's to put Him where He noticed uh, they were bowed down. They bowed down. The, uh, the, what did it say over here? That they bowed their heads. You go through and you look uh, all through Scripture, especially in the Old Testament, when they're worshiping, they're, they're bowed down. They're, they're bowed down with their face to the ground. They're on the ground and they're worshiping God. It's a place of humility. Worship is to see Him for who He is and to see you for who you are. You didn't get saved because of you. You got saved because of Him. You've not experienced mercy because of you. You've experienced mercy because of Him. You've got grace, not because of you, but because of Him. Amen. Well, I'm telling you, we ought to worship and praise Him. The Bible said in Psalms 29, Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty, give unto the Lord glory and strength. I, I give unto the Lord the glory due unto His name. Worship of the Lord in beauty and holiness. It's he's worthy. It's due him I, I to do that. And, and to think about this, that, that it was shut. Think of every church in America, uh, every Baptist, they don't matter what it is, they shut their doors and nobody ever praised God anymore. They did not praise God because they had forsook him and left him. There was obviously somebody still left around because even though King Hezekiah grew up in a bad home, if you look, King Ahaz, his dad was, was wicked. He was a wicked king. But boy, at 25 years old, when King Hezekiah took over, the very first, the very first thing he done was open the house of God. The very first thing. And 16 days later, they sanctified the house of God. They had the burnt offering to please the Lord, and now they're praising and they're worshiping Him. Why? He's worthy to be praised. Psalms 5, He said, But as for me, I will come into thy house in the multitude of thy mercy, and in thy fear will I worship toward thy holy temple. You know, David said in Psalms 122, I was glad when they said to me, let's go in the house of the Lord. How glad are we to get to come in here, but how glad are we to get to come in here and worship and praise. I get so many other things on my mind sometimes on Sundays and on Wednesdays. I come in here, I'm more, uh, if I'm not careful, I'll be more worried about music. I'll be more worried about uh, what we're singing. I'll be more worried about how everybody's reacting or responding. And instead of just to be honest, just to worship Him. I forget to come in here and worship and praise. You know, God's the Spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. He's worthy of all of that. So He restored the house of God. And now he is restoring worship and praise. When's the last time? When's the last time you worshiped the Lord? That you just got alone, or that you come in here and boy, you just I mean, God done something in your heart and you realize that it wasn't you, but it was him. Well, I'm telling you, I love it when it gets like that. And then all you want to do is thank him and praise him. Man, I love that. I love it. I, I I'll be honest with you because he's worthy of it today. You come over to chapter 30. Now I'm talking about, remember, after the establishment, what was it? And after these things and the establishment thereof. So now he has, he's opened the house of God. He's got worship and praise restored. Look in chapter 30. Look in verse 1. Chapter 30 and verse 1. The Bible says, And Hezekiah sent throughout all Israel and Judah and wrote letters also to Ephraim and Manasseh that they should come to the house of the Lord at Jerusalem to keep the Passover under the Lord God of Israel. Uh-oh. Now, now, now we're going to keep the Passover. He has, he has sanctified the house of God, cleaned it up. 
they, they, by burnt offering and sacrifice, they've established worship and praise, and now they're going to keep the Passover. For the king, verse 2, for the king had taken counsel and his princes and all the congregation in Jerusalem to keep the Passover in the second month. For they could not keep it at that time because the priests had not sanctified themselves sufficiently, neither had the people gathered themselves together to Jerusalem. Now can I tell you this to keep the Passover that first of all the priests and the Levites had to be sanctified. They wasn't right with God. They had to deal with some filthiness and dirtiness in their life. They had to get some things right. You know before you can come back and listen to me now before you can get some things right before you can worship and praise uh, and, and really uh, partake uh, in serving the Lord like you need to, you may have to fix some things between you and the Lord. And there may be some cleaning up of some things that you've got to do. You say, what, what, what that i got to do? Yeah, y'all, what was Second Corinthians 7, uh, uh, let, us, uh, let us therefore dearly beloved uh, cleanse ourselves. We do those things. We decide we're not going to do that wickedness no more. We get it out of our, or we don't need to be doing this or watching this or listening to this or doing these things or going that way uh, uh, and we get it all cleaned up. We say, Lord, I'm sorry. And the part that we can't take care of, He does. So He cleans them up. They get right with the Lord. As a matter of fact, look in verse 15 of chapter 30. Look in verse 15. Then they killed the Passover on the 14th day of the second month. And the priests and the Levites were ashamed and sanctified themselves and brought in the burnt offerings into the house of the Lord. When's the last time you was ashamed of some things that you've done? Listen, I'm, I understand not everybody in here, and, and none of you may be. Sometimes we, we preach like people are just wicked and vile, and I get that. But sometimes you need to be reminded of where you are and what you need to do to fix what's going on in your life. These boys got ashamed. Them priests and Levites, I mean, these are the folk that are serving in the house of God. And the Bible said they were ashamed of the situation they were in. When's the last time you ever got ashamed? When's the last time you ever got ashamed that you let the Lord down? When's the last time you ever got ashamed of yourself that He really burdened on you to talk to somebody or give somebody a trap? Boy, now I've been there. And you walk away and you never say anything or you don't, you don't give them a track because your flesh gets the best of you and uh, you, you're afraid of what they might think or what they might say or uh, how they perceive you. Listen, it don't matter. Their eternity is what's more important than anything. But these fellows were ashamed. And so they sanctified themselves. They, they, they got right uh, with the Lord. Uh, you come over to verse 24. Uh, for Hezekiah, king of Judah, did give to the congregation a thousand bullocks and seven thousand sheep. And the princes gave to the congregation a thousand bullocks and ten thousand sheep. And a great number of the priests sanctified themselves. They got right. They got clean before God. You know what? They got set apart so God could use them. You realize that's what that word sanctified means. Uh, to be set apart and that for the use of God. To be consecrated so God can use us. How many of us are consecrated so God can use us? How many of us are in a place where God can use us, would want to use us? How many of us are clean that God would say, boy, right there is somebody, right there is a young lady or a young man, right there is a, a man or woman that I'd love to use I, I, and I'm going to use them. They love me and they, they, they've kept clean out of this world. 
What is that? I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not and, and, and be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What do you say? Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed from it. So they start to keep the Passover. The Passover was an ordinance to be kept to remind them what God done for them down in Egypt. That God done what? He delivered them. Well, I'm telling you, when, when, when you get away from God, and you get away from God's house, and you get away from praise, and you get away from worship, uh, we, we tend to uh, forget that God delivered us. What, what is it? Psalms 107 and verse 2, I, I let the redeemed of the Lord say so, and whom he hath redeemed out of the hand of the enemy. We were to say so. If we've been redeemed out of the hand of the enemy, we were to say so. We were to have something to say about being saved. Most people don't like to talk about being saved when they ain't right with God. Just being honest. You may come to church, but I guarantee you, if there's something going on between you and God, you sure ain't going to testify. You ain't going to feel like it. You ain't going to want to. You'll be ashamed. They'd shut the house of God up. They'd cut off worship and praise. The, the priests and the Levites, they, the, they weren't sanctified to do what they need to do. Israel wasn't sanctified. Uh, Judah wasn't sanctified to take. And that uh, of, of, the, uh, of the Passover. But now, they're doing all that. And the Bible said in verse 25... And all the congregation of Judah with the priests and the Levites and all the congregation that came out of Israel and strangers that came out of the land of Israel and that dwelt in Judah rejoiced. So there was great joy in Jerusalem for since the time of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, there was not the like in Jerusalem. Do you realize how long ago that had been? They said, man, this had been a long time coming. I mean, it's been, you know, for a lot of people, it's been a long time coming and they need to fix some things. For some churches, uh, uh, it's a long time coming that, uh, listen, uh, unless somebody comes in there and wants to reverse uh, what's going on, the, 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 the way that it's headed, uh, it's going to go and it's eventually going to fold up. When you say fold up, there may still be people there, but there ain't no praise and worship or worship and praise. Most of the time you'll find in Scripture that worship precedes praise. We call it praise and worship, but really it's the other way around. Worship will precede praise. It comes first. So what are they doing? They're being reminded and they're keeping that ordinance that God gave and that commandment of, of the Passover to be reminded that they were delivered up out of the land of Egypt. Don't you like to be reminded... We, 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 we sung it this morning, page 379. Uh, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's vein and sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains. I love to be reminded from time to time what Christ Jesus the Lord done for me, that he delivered me. How about you? So they kept it with joy and rejoicing. Then we get to chapter 31. Now remember there were some things... There was the establishment thereof. Set some things in order and the establishment thereof. So he has restored some things. Chapter, 30, chapter 31, they begin to remove some things. Look in verse 1. Now when all this was finished, 
after they had opened the house of God, after they had praised and worshipped, after they'd sanctified themselves, got themselves cleaned, after, after they had kept the Passover. And the Bible said, now when all this was finished, all Israel that were present went out to the cities of Judah and broke down the images in pieces and cut down the groves and threw down the high places and the altars out of all Judah and Benjamin and Ephraim also in Manasseh until they had utterly destroyed them all. Then all the children of Israel returned, every man to his possession into their own cities. You know, when you get right with God, they say you come in here on Sunday or some, some sinner comes in here on Sunday, I'll guarantee you if they get right with God, it don't have to be Sunday, it be revival too. Amen. They get right with God. I'll guarantee you there'll be some things changed that will be removed out of their life if they're truly right with God. And you know what they done? They wanted to be so right with God uh, that they didn't leave those things uh, uh, that was out there. They didn't leave those, that, those idols, uh, uh, that idolatry. They went out. Uh, uh, not, not only had they carried it out of the house of God, but now they're going out through towns and cities uh, uh, and they're destroying uh, all those all those idols. We, not, we may not be able to go out into our town and city and be able to get rid of every idol uh, that's out there. And you say, oh yeah, there's plenty of idols. We don't have graven images, but I'll guarantee you, uh, between politics, sports, and music, and all other kinds of things, our folks has got idols. You may have some parked in your driveway, I don't know. You may have some in your house, I don't know. But I'm going to tell you, when you get right with God, there'll be some things changing in your life and in your home. And so they go out. And they fix what needed to be fixed. They destroyed what needed to be destroyed. You know sometimes you just got to remove some things. You just got to remove some things out of your life. They restored some things that needed to be restored. The house of God uh, came into their life. Joy and praise and worship come into their life. They were keeping the Passover, the commandment of God. Uh, they, they, they restored those things. But now they're removing things that don't belong. And, and, and sometimes it's easier to get right with the Lord in making restoration than it is in removing some things. Because our flesh likes to hold on to some stuff, don't it? I'm just being honest this morning. I don't know where you are with the Lord. I'll just be honest with you. It's, it's not really preaching like I thought it was going to preach. They go out and they remove what needs to be removed. Can I ask you, is there some things that need to be removed out of your life? Is there some things that don't belong in your life that is against God that just needs to be fixed? I don't know. I, I, I don't know what's in your life. And I'm, I, I'm being kind of shallow right there, not digging real deep, but there may be some stuff in there that just needs to be gone. You just need to remove it, get cleaned up after. So they removed some things that needed to be removed. But number three, not only did they have a restoration of what needed to be restored, not only did they remove what needed to be removed, and, and, and I'm going to be honest with you, uh, it's, it's a whole lot easier, moms and dads and husbands and wives, when you're all on the same page to remove some things out of your home that don't belong there. If, 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 I, if, if there's some stuff in my home that I wanted to keep and my wife didn't want to keep it, then, then we're probably going to have a battle and a fight. It's a whole lot easier when everybody gets on the same page. I mean, everybody had obviously got to the place, at least there was more, at least there was more that wanted to do it than there was that wanted to keep it. 
Now, I'm, listen, I, I, I'm, I, I'm sure there were some folk that, that might not have got right with God. I'm sure there were some folk that really wanted to keep, uh, that really wanted to keep those uh, idols over there. But nonetheless, uh, the majority of them wanted to do what was right. Do you want to do what's right in your home? Run your house right? You say, why do you keep talking about the home? Because I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, all you can really make sure is right is you and your home. That's it. That's all you can make sure of. You can't make sure your, your neighbor's living right. I mean, you, you can pray for them, you can tell them what they need to do, but you can't make them live right. But I guarantee you, you can rule what's right in your home. And that's your responsibilities, Dad. Your home needs to be right with the Lord. So they, they take out what don't belong. What is against God, they take it out. But then number three, not only had they restored some things and removed some things, but then they reinstated some things. Well, you mean look in verse 4 of chapter 31. Moreover, he commanded the people that dwelt in Jerusalem to give uh, the portion of the priests and the Levites that they might be encouraged in the law of the Lord. And as soon as, as the commandment came abroad, the children of Israel brought in abundance the first fruits of the corn, the wine, and oil, and honey, and all the increase of the field, and the tithe of all things brought they in abundantly. And concerning the children of Israel and Judah uh, that dwelt in the cities of Judah, they also brought in the tithe of the oxen and sheep, and the tithe of holy things which were consecrated unto the Lord their God, and laid them by heaps. In the third month they began to lay the foundation of the heaps, and finished them in the seventh month. And when Hezekiah and the princes came and saw the heaps, uh, they blessed the Lord and the, and the people of Israel. Then Hezekiah questioned the priests and the Levites concerning the heaps. And Azariah, the chief of the priests of the house of Zadok, answered him and said, uh, Since the people began to bring the offerings unto the house of the Lord, we have had enough to eat and have left plenty. Uh, for the Lord hath blessed his people, uh, 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 and that which is left is this great store. Then Hezekiah commanded to prepare chambers in the house of the Lord. And they prepared them and brought in the offerings and the tithes and the dedicated things faithfully over which uh, Conaniah the Levite was ruler and Shimei his brother was the next. What did he reinstate? They reinstated tithing. You know, you know what had happened? People had quit tithing. They shut up the house of God. They had idol worship going on and they hadn't, they hadn't cared one thing uh, uh, about giving to what God said to give to. They reinstated tithing. Well, it's just exciting to preach about, ain't it? Amen. Can, can I say this this morning? The only people that gets upset, and I know I say it all the time when we preach on tithing, but the only people that gets upset when a preacher preaches on tithing is people that ain't tithing. Preacher preach on it all day, and it will not phase me one bit as far as me getting aggravated. Do you know why? I tithe. I give my 10%. You can go over there uh, and you can look and you'll see that Abraham uh, tithed in the King Melchizedek over there in the book of Genesis. Uh, uh, you'll find that at one point it said it was a tenth. I, I believe in the book of Genesis he, he said it was a tithe and in the book of Hebrews he said it was a tenth. Some people say, well, that's, that's, that's just in the law, preacher. No, Abraham wasn't under the law. And you'll find all through where they tithe. Do you, you know what, me and my wife, and, I, and I'm going to quit right there. It ain't none of your business. Except the very fact that I do tithe. I'm going to leave that rest of it alone. Can I tell you that, that I really believe that, that, God, that God prospers people 
who tithe, and especially from the right heart. Do you, we, I had to come to grips with some things uh, about tithing in the very fact that, that everything that I've got is His. And when you look at it, that it's all His, and all He's wanting you to get back is 10%, I, I believe that's a pretty good deal. I know a good deal when I see one. I, I, I'll be honest. I, I, if, if uh, you say, well, 10%, that's, that's a lot of money. If you make a lot, then yeah, it probably is a lot of money. It's the same across the board. Do you realize that, don't you? Everybody gives 10%. You can give more. Verse 10, it said right here that, that, that since the people began to bring the offerings into the house of the Lord... We have had enough to eat. Do you, do you know that, that, that you, you just don't have to tithe? You can give an offering? You know what that means? You can give more? Just saying. And he said, we have had enough to eat and have left plenty. For the Lord hath blessed His people. I, 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 I am a firm believer of this right here. And Brother Ralph taught us this. Uh, especially in, in, in the mission conference we had some, a few years ago, uh, he said, he, and, and I believe that he said he'll give more through you than he will to you. And there's, there's some truth to that. If you want to serve God with your money uh, and give it, he'll, he'll, he'll give you a way to be able to do that. When your heart gets sold out on that, some of you need to get sold out on missions. Listen, it is our job as this church uh, to not only teach and preach the gospel, and not only in that to uh, teach men and women here, but it is to send the gospel uh, all over this world. It starts here in Athens, Tennessee, and we work our way out. Now, can I, can I park right here and say something? Can I park right here and say something? Uh, we, we, we do a pretty fire job of, of getting it out, but how much are we doing right here in Athens, Tennessee? I'm just asking. I think we need to tithe. You may be tithing, that's good. But right here, they had not been. And so when, when they started everything, man, they not only had enough, but they had more than enough. Bible said they were bringing all this stuff up and they were heaping it up. I thought about when the children of Israel, when Moses, when they come up out of the land of Egypt, uh, they borrowed stuff from the Egyptians, borrowed all them gold uh, you know, pans and pots and all that. Uh, and when they got ready to make all that stuff uh, for, for the tabernacle over there, uh, you, you, know, you, know, you know what he done? He said, bring that stuff to me. And, and they had so much brought that finally Moses said, just, just quit bringing everything. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a good day if the preacher could stand up and say, we got enough. As long as we're trying to, to promote the gospel, we'll never say we got enough. But boys, I'm, I'm telling you right now that God loves that cheerful giver. If you go over there to the book of 2, I believe it's 2 Corinthians. He loves that cheerful giver. God has blessed. And if you say, I ain't got a lot, then, then you don't have to tithe a lot. But, but I'm telling you, He has blessed me beyond what I could ever imagine. And to give just back what He wants... 10%? I think that's pretty good. Hezekiah, let me say this. You can hoard it up and keep it. But if, if, if you're here with us in Sunday school in the book of Ecclesiastes, you're not going to get to keep it. That's the thing. That, that's, 
That's what you learn. Or one of the things you learn in Ecclesiastes is you can hoard it up all you want to, but you know at the end of it all, you're going to get to leave it to somebody else. So why not leave it so that God can use it? You know what Hezekiah done? Look at the very last two verses in chapter 31, verse 20 and 21. And thus did Hezekiah throughout all Judah and wrought that which was good and right and truth before the Lord his God. And in every work that he began in the service of the house of God and in the law and in the commandments to seek his God, he did it with all his heart. And notice what that last word says, and prospered. He wanted, he wanted to sell out. He did sell out to the Lord. He did sell out to God. He set everything in order that he could set, possibly set in order that he could do right. He done it. And the Bible said right here, he did it with all his heart. And he prospered at it. You know what little John said, 3 John chapter two, or, or, or verse two, uh, chapter 1 verse 2. He said, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prosper. He said, you know, I want you to prosper. But he said, I want you to prosper as your soul prospers. How much does our soul prosper? And then we come back to the text verse. And here's what I'll preach on tonight. After these things and the establishment thereof, that's when the enemy showed up. That's when the enemy came. The enemy did not show up when he restored worship. The enemy did not show up uh, when he removed idol worship. The, The enemy did not show up when they reinstated tithing. He let them get everything done. And then the enemy showed up. Now, if you'll be here tonight, you'll see that the enemy tried to use that against them. What needs to be restored in your life? What needs to be removed out of your life? Or maybe you need to put some stuff back in order where it needs to be. What about it? Let's bow our heads this morning.